You're listening to Robert Martinez, the apartment rock star. Robert is a national award-winning real estate brand influencer and entrepreneur whose company, Rockstar Capital Management, was recognized as the 15th fastest-growing company in Houston by the Houston Business Journal. In addition to his 11 100% refinance cash-out events, his company has earned 15 city, state, and national apartment association awards. Welcome to another episode of the Apartment Rockstar, our video log documenting our journey of 10,000 units. And as we look forward, we have to make sure that we look backward to make sure on how we got to where we're at right now. We're at 3,699 units, and the guy next to me has been there for most of that way. I'm very proud to introduce my friend, Izzy Garza. Izzy, how are you, man? I'm doing good, my man. Thank you very much for having me here today. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? I love it. I love the- it. Uh, I assume you... You drew that. You, I drew it myself. You drew yeah, it yeah. and you painted it. Mm-hmm. Did you get like some type of art from Hobby Lobby and, and do this? It's no, really no, nice. That's free, freehand. All oh, freehand. Wow. That's the reason why you're successful. I can operate it looks great. complexes and I can do graphic design. It looks beautiful. Thank you very much. But I really appreciate you having me here today. Yeah, for sure. Have, for sure. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a great time. Great, talk, great talk. Yes, yeah. So we're, we want to start out and make sure that we acknowledge our, our key value partners. You know, oh. And you've been with us for a long time. Uh, we met when you're with somebody else. I used to sell paint. Do you remember that's where we met? Another lifetime. Yeah, some little kid that was spiked hair, had a lot more hair back then. We all did. Uh, yeah, and um, that's where we met. I think I met at your first deal, mm-hmm. which is right over there of Meyerland. Oh, Falls of Maplewood? That's Falls of Maplewood. Deal number three, but yes. Yeah, I think there, but you have so many, I forget the names now. I have 21, man. What 21? What do you think, man? You, you watched that growth. <sighs> 3,699 units. And I remember in 2013, if you remember the conversation we had. Yeah, I remember. I and I remember saying. we were sitting in, in, a, in a room, and, and I said to Robert, I said, Robert, well, how far do you want to grow? How big do you want to grow? And you said, I'll grow as far as my team will let me. Yeah. And that stuck with me. You know, I have, you have a thousand conversations every year. And I probably talk to you on the phone every month or a period of time, and all of a sudden. But that stuck in my mind. So congratulations. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I think that. that's, that's great. you got an amazing team to work with. I have the best team, you know, the and the best team wins. I mean, as you know, it because I know you hear this, we won 17 city, state, national awards, and I only won a few of them. That's been won by the team, <laughs> and you have a common approach to what we do, yeah. and it's built around heart. Yeah, we oh, don't, yeah. We don't uh, let ourselves down, and, you know, I don't always, I, I don't think I have the most talented team. I hmm. have the team that plays with the most heart, because heart will be talent every day of the week. You have the right team. Hard doesn't quit on you, man. I think you had that conversation with Dell at one time. I did. I did. We did a video he and I together, and we went back and forth on that. And, you know, he didn't understand how I put so much in my team, right? And, I, you know, I, I get credit to my father. My yeah. father was a builder of teams, and he understands. And I was very fortunate to get some of his um, um, genetic uh, uh, gifts when it comes to building teams yeah. and having, I guess the term today is uh, emotional intelligence. I oh, think yeah. I understand yeah. people. I think I, I, I try to communicate you know, with them and understand who they are and what I can do to help them. I never imagined that helping others meant, I think Jim Rome coined it to helping other people get what they want, they help you get what you want. I just did it naturally. I just, it just felt right. It was important to you. It was important to me. And I make what's important to them important to me. And what do you know? Next thing you know, we're growing a business and we don't let each other down. You know, what's funny was talking to uh, a president uh, about a month ago and she Use the phrase, and I've, I've heard this a million times, but it stuck out. 
that said it takes a village. And I thought for a minute, I was like, wow, you know, it's the same process of maintenance supply headquarters. You know, you're looking at me, I'm a national account manager, talking to somebody like you, but I can tell you that the people that are picking the orders, delivering the orders, you know, collecting the orders, our sales reps, our credit team all have an integral part to our success. So it takes a village. And I, I understand what you're saying there. So especially with your father, you know, saying, hey, incorporate the team, bring them all together and involving them. It is a lot, but it's rewarding. Uh, I think you would. It's amazing to watch everybody grow. Wow. And you remember that yeah. when you first hired them when they were 18 and they're now 29. When you hired them when yeah. they were, you know, 25 and they're now like 36. You know, you've grown with them. You celebrated birthdays together yeah. and anniversaries, you know, uh, death. Uh, and everything, you know, and people are asking, well, why do you give so much to your team? You know, and I was like, because I'm going to win. I know that, yeah. but I don't want to win alone. Right. I refuse to win alone. I'm going to get to the top of the mountain and I want to be able to look around everybody who got us there together. Yeah. We held hands. We didn't let each other down, you know, and we're going to have, we're going to cry and we're going to tell stories one day on how we got there. And who wants to play by yourself? No, I mean, I said this in another podcast, who wants to play ball alone? It's boring. Nobody. It's boring. Unless so you're a the, tennis player. Yeah, you hit it against the wall, but you know, then you're gonna have a conversation <laughs> with a wall, right? I want to have a conversation with a real person. I want to know how they tick. I want to know yeah. what their hearts and their dreams are, and, and and you know, and see how we can help each other get there. You know, and you're one of those guys that helps us get there. Tell everybody a little bit more about your story. Like, how did you get in there? What's what's your background? What do people on Facebook and Instagram not know about these? Let, let's get deep. Oh man, Let, well, let's get deep. I got well, some Kleenex there because I got a feeling we're gonna need it today. Kleenex. Uh, not who is yeah. Izzy Garza? <laughs> So uh, years ago, around 2007, you know, I, I was a sales rep for uh, a paint company and uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, you know, as far as like my career. And I remember there was a gentleman, his name is, I don't know if you know him, Alan Jones. Mm -hmm. He works with PPG. He just recently retired. Congratulations to him. Mm -hmm. I know Alan. Uh, he sat me aside and he told me that he reminded me of a, a certain gentleman in the HAA. I didn't know this guy. And he invited me to come to an HA event, and uh, I went. I think we all have our humble beginnings and saw what it was all about. Uh, for a while, I just didn't really drink the Kool-Aid, to be honest with you. I thought, yeah, I don't know if this is just going to be, if it's for me. Uh, well, over the years, I started to get more and more involved, and, uh, you know, PPG became MSH in 2013. Um, I started with MSH because somebody from the HA was kind enough to, tell MSH that, hey, you need to talk to this guy. And at the time, I had been looking around. I said, you know, I wanted to do something different, you know, and I've always wanted to uh, be where I'm at today as far as national and all this stuff, and it just so happened that the opportunity came, and here I'm at. As far as who man, I am... You, you gave the abridged, man. There's a lot more. The, yeah. The, the people want We only to have know. one hour here. We have guess, as much as know. we're going to take, man. People um, want to know. You're going to... This will be one of the most viewed podcasts, I'm sure. So tell people more about it. <laughs> tell us more about Izzy. You okay, 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 okay. All right, that, that's what girls. you want. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I've been married for 19 years. Yeah, I have me. a beautiful wife, Jessica, who is the uh, love of my life. Uh, we met when we were kids, you know, basically, you know, and uh, two daughters. I have an eight and a five-year-old who have uh, already started rolling their eyes at me. Um, the dad jokes are not good. Uh, I kind of feel that they're looking at me saying, wow, uh, I'm not sure if my dad is cool as he thinks. Um, they must not have seen that video. If they saw that yeah, I don't video, want to show that video, you know, because um, it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it, it, it was a classic at the time. But uh, it, it's literally. I always think Sue wins. I always got the camera on me. 
anytime I'm with her, like she knows I'm going to do something funny or something like that. But then again, if you're around like somebody like Sue Ann, you, you, you truly enjoy your company. But uh, been with MSH for five years. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. Uh, I'm a fanatic of the Houston Astros. Yeah, yeah, we know uh, that. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny, but I love my Astros. Yeah, they're doing uh, really well this year, too. we got to go to a game. Uh, don't just say that on camera. No, I, I, I want to go to a game. Right I haven't now. been to a game. I'll this buy the tickets yet. this afternoon. You for tell us. me when. Okay, uh, okay. Next home. You tell me okay. when. Okay. Okay. This weekend. So it's documented, just so that everybody knows. Um, but you know, uh, I, I was uh, growing up very super. You know, I grew up from, from a humble background. You know, my your family. I, I've heard you talk about your family a lot. I, I grew up, you know, in a um, when I was young, I started you know, washing dishes at a young age. That's really where I learned to my work ethic. Uh, you know, and I would earn money during the summer between school years to pay for my school clothes. And my grandparents and my family just instilled to me hard work, values, um, going out there and, and making a good name for yourself, uh, working hard, um, being graceful towards people, having a heart of gratitude. And, you know, as a young kid, you don't understand that. As you get older, you realize that that that's really who I am as a person. I, I look up. And wake up every day, honestly, Robert, with this uh, overwhelming sense of gratitude that I'm here. And this gratitude of like, wow, you know, I've been blessed. Uh, gratitude to say, hey, I'm going to be on this podcast today, you know, and hang out with my buddy Robert and talk about life and all that stuff. There's a lot of great things. And so uh, the short version is, is that uh, I'm a married man who just, you know, I guess loves God, loves where I'm at in life and, and my family and my career with maintenance supply headquarters. The other side of it is that I'm richly blessed to have people in my life that have really spoken in my life, let's say like you and, and other people within the apartment industry. And I think that's where I've taken so much of them and learned from them and made it my own, you know? And so um, I don't know what else I can tell you about. This is deep though. Did you hear a couple of things he said? I wish I was taking yeah. notes. I'm trying to keep a mental note of it, but you can't he help but hear the heart oh, when, when you yeah. listen to Izzy. And, and that's something that I mentioned earlier, that it's really important to me. You know, I, you don't have to be the ta most talented guy in the room. No. You've got to have the most heart. Because the guy with the most heart is not going to quit. He's going to figure it out. Yes. You know, and I think that's why we've developed such a good relationship, right, is that, is that you play with heart. It shows, and it's easy to gravitate towards you. You're, it's easy to see why so many people like you and enjoy wow. you. It's easy to find out why this is going to be the most viewed <laughs> podcast that we have because it's Izzy Garza. Well, I'm humbled by that, Robert, but I can For tell sure. you that – you know, there's a lot of good people that are in my life that have yeah. helped me. And uh, you, you, I've heard some of your podcasts before. And one thing that I know that you are, like you said earlier, is that you have a team around you that helps build you. I am that same person, whether it's at home, uh, whether it's at church or whether it's at work. I know that I have a team around me that is looking out for my best interest to go out there and succeed. And I think that's sometimes what's missing. A lot of people think that they can be successful alone. And, and yeah, there may be those cases where, yeah, but it sure is a lot easier when you have, you know, a group of people and a team that's willing to go out there and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to join you. I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Um, you know, I honestly feel this and I, and I say this, you know, cause even though, uh, when you have people around you that are outside of Rockstar that looks out for your best interests, vendors, then your success goes beyond rock star mm -hmm. you know it's really a testimony to the companies that are you know privileged to work with you and so you know my responsibility is to ensure that you know with your company that we do whatever we can to give you the resources to ensure that mrs jones in unit 1301 is taken care of because she ain't happy she ain't gonna renew with you yeah if she's not gonna renew with you 
she's going to renew with somebody else. That's just life. And you got to have resources and people around you that are going to help you be successful. I, I think that's 100% true. I think it's really interesting because you said something that's really important to our part of the business, the renewal. You know, yeah. no, We don't make any money when somebody moves in. We make money when they renew. Bingo. right? And so you got to take care of them throughout the relationship. Once they move in, throughout, when there's an issue, there's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be nothing <laughs> is perfect. It's how fast you do with the issue. The AC broke. Exactly. How much empathy do you show? Yeah. And then... And then um, you know, how you take care of them throughout the Are you treating them like a human being? That's all we want to be treated is with low respect and dignity, you know? And, and I, I think so I think you understand that. I think you get that. I mean, you're in a you're in a sales profession, right? We just signed a renewal with you. Right. <clears throat> That's your business, right? Correct. And, and let me tell you, this is really interesting. I want to give a little credit to Izzy. I just got done with the uh, Houston Apartment Association Business Exchange, you know, and, you know, I was there. It was a good two hours out of my day, but it was really important to support the association. It was really important to go out there and meet um, potential vendor partners, right? Because our job is to get the 10,000 units. They're not all going to be in Houston. We're going to be around town. I mean, I'm sorry, around the state. And we got to make sure we develop relationships with those key players. Did you know I didn't get one single R&M uh, vendor come up to me? MRO? Or, I'm sorry. Well, I call, I call uh, repair yeah. maintenance, but, but MRO yeah. vendor. Not one. And you know why? No. Because of you. Are you serious? They know, oh, yeah. They know that and this is you know i've got friends that work at hd and friends that work at presta wherever you yeah. know we just have a really solid relationship with you we just signed the renewal you know i had other vendors right they approached us uh for other items you know but nobody not nobody approached me to talk to me about about mro supplies and i think that's a credit to you because they, oh yeah that's rockstar they're with me <laughs> well uh, so that's a credit you, to you i think business. you hear that stuff and you just can't help but and the rest of your team, there's a lot, I, mean, you're, I know you're here representing a main yeah. supply, but you got I, I do. a great group of guys that work with us. You I know, do. Who, who are we? Gilbert? We got Gilbert, we got Adam. Guys. I mean, we have such a really good team, you Mel, know, both on the, the local level as well as national. Yeah. You know, and I told you earlier, it, you know, it takes a village. It takes everybody doing their part. You know, you know, everybody knows I'm a you know, Tom Brady guy, but Bill Belichick, do your job. You know, do what you know, what you've been assigned to do, and everything else will take care of itself. And, you know, but... I think it's just one of those things when you have such a good team and you have good people around you, I'm not going to say that this happens all the time, but it makes your work more enjoyable, right? And to be honest with you, it makes it, you know, exciting and you look forward, you know, to new opportunities. You look forward to those things. You know, I say, you know, when you get these deals and you get them done and all that stuff, I'm excited about it. I really am, Robert, you know, but I'm more excited about really more than just the renewal process. I'm more excited about the process alone of maintaining and growing that portion you have. And it's funny. I think when I met you, I think you weren't even at 1,500 units, to be honest with you. No, I think you well, had four at, properties. At like, yeah, maybe you had like three or four properties. Yeah, 500 right? units, brother, at that point. Was it that one? Yeah, that's it. Because I know a lot of the properties at first I think you got were like, like smaller unit count. The yeah. first four totaled up about 500 units. Okay. So here you are at 500 units, and now you're at 3,700 units. 3,600. Let's just count it 3,700 just to make sure. And now look at you. And now you have, you're looking at 10,000. What a journey that is to kind of see it from like 500 to where you're at. And then you have more opportunity. You're looking at it, say, hey, I'm going to go even more. I know I can do it, but I've got a team around me that can accomplish That's those things. That's absolutely right. I've got a team that can do it. And so I love the team aspect. I guess that's why I love the Astros because everybody has their part, you know, in making sure that the team, you know, does what it have to do. And at the end, if they win, that's a credit to the whole team, not just one person hitting. You know, I think it's amazing you said that because it is the team game. It It is a team. In multifamily, it is. You know, absolutely, it's a team game because you can't be everywhere. 
You know, you can't be everywhere doing everything. No. You're not the guy that's good. I have such respect for my maintenance guys that have to get up there, you know, at night when there's an issue. That's why I try so hard to do such a good um, uh, renovation up front, right? Yeah. Where, as you know, we change out all the ACs mm-hmm. day one. I don't know how many other companies do that, but we do that because I expect my maintenance guys to not be fixing ACs in August, probably put, you know, endangering my renewal. But I, I expect them to be doing other things, yeah. not fixing ACs when it's yeah. miserable for them. Like, all oh, these guys don't want to spend any money, and they want to, you know, rob Unit 301 to fix the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the apartment in 169. And, like, no, no, no. That doesn't happen at Rockstar, man. We fix the AC. We were, we replace them day one, and we only buy, you know, repair parts whenever they're necessary. Yeah. We, there's, we're never on, on back credit. We're never on those, you know, we're in their slow pay. Nope. We pay when we're supposed to. Uh, and and that that's an integrity thing for me. I know I know people do it the business thing, the slow pay. And I, I don't just believe that. Man, I was a sales guy. Man, I did that for ten years. I I, I want I don't want to be the guy having hey um, hey Izzy, you haven't paid your bill. Do you think you get my accounting group's getting? Yeah, I don't want to be one a of difficult those situation. Yeah, it's kind that's of a, tough, yeah, man. Because you have a relationship, and you're like, oh, I can't say. Like, you, I, you were the hero. <laughs> now you're the bad guy. You're on yeah, COD yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about you mentioned maintenance guys, and the reason why I love you, the maintenance guys is that if you really talk to them, sometimes after work or something like that, they have the funniest stories. Oh, I probably should have had Jose here. We, we, oh, we, we, and we, Jose, three man Ho- Jose, and Jose would have been funny because he's got some funny stories. And you know, you going out there, you see a lot of stuff. All right. A lot of stuff that you're going, it just kind of makes you go, wow, this happens in multifamily every day. And, and it's funny, every time I go to, and before I leave, I always usually like to end a conversation with a maintenance technician and say, tell me something unique that you saw or that you, that only your eye saw. And man, they'll, they're the first person to go ahead and put down their tools and say, mira, one day, you know, <laughs> mira. <laughs> one day, one day. And it is the funniest thing. Huh? Una vez. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'll tell me these stories. And I think I've heard it all to a point where I go to myself, "Eh, I believe that. And then once in a while you hear one's like, that did not happen. That did not happen. He swears by it. The the eyes and the ears of that property. Oh, gosh, yeah. They will tell you everything. Um, You know, it's funny you mentioned Jose, man. That guy is our right arm, as you know. And, and, uh, I mean, you you meet a lot of people around Houston. You meet a lot of... Jose type yeah. um, di- uh, directors of maintenance, you know that guy's won city, state, national maintenance awards. I don't know how many in this town have won all three, but he's he's at the top of that list. He won it in Houston, the maintenance technician of the year, yeah. about what three years ago. He won those in 2012, 2013. Okay, so then a bit longer. What, what about maintenance supervisor? He's won that one too. When did he win that one? Uh, would have been two or three years after that. Okay, that's what I'm referring to. I remember being in that um, selection committee, and I remember looking at all these applicants, and I looked at Jose's, and I said, this guy is far more superior as far as his skills and what he's done for his community or for his company and what he's doing outside of Rockstar that you you can't help but say, this is, this is the guy that we need to do. This is the guy here you need to select. You know, so, you know, that's... Again, when they get credited to that, honestly, Robert, it's really a testament to the whole company, not just Jose. Yeah, there's no I Team Rockstar nope. is a is a community of people. It is a collection of of a lot of heart all put together and even in this though, interaction. And even though now, you know, we've known each other for, you know, a long time, I know you're super busy, but I know I get the same answer that I need when I talk to Melissa. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kinda 
I've said it on record. I think Melissa runs the company, not Robert. So, right? She's she's right there, man. She's, she's right there. She's, she's right, right there. there. I rely on her. You know, but um, she's amazing. So, yeah. But you know what? We're growing, right? We're growing. And you all, if you've seen maintenance supply grow, you've got to oh add gosh. people. I mean, look at this right now. Uh, 24 months ago, we didn't have this marketing group. Now we've got a seven-person marketing team. Isn't that crazy? we got a podcast. You have seven? We have seven. We have a podcast studio. We have, we, we, we're all over LinkedIn. We're all over Instagram. We're all over Facebook. You know, and, uh, you know, I think we're, I get, we're getting our brand out. I probably check my Facebook or something like that maybe once or twice a day. And I'll see you. You know, man, but you don't like my posts, man. What happened? I do. Well, I can't like every one of them. You no, know, it's like, kidding. you know, I try to I'm like everyone. Kidding. But you know what's really interesting? I got some people come up to me at the business exchange. and <laughs> Moving I, forward, I'm going to like it. You know, No, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing because I'm not playing for likes. I'm playing. I'm not playing for that. I'm playing for the documentation. Uh, but it's interesting because I had people at the business exchange. They came up to me and they, I don't know them. It's my first introduction to them. And they tell me, man. I watch all your stuff on LinkedIn. There's a lot of value in I, there. I watch all your, and like you do, right? Cause you don't really see all the comments or feedback, hmm. but you see people paying attention, you know, and it's very interesting. And then you have the other side, right? Because there's, you know, if you got it, like, like you're a very popular person within the association and you have a very big name, but you have your critics probably too. Like everybody Absolutely. does, you know, Oh, he's too loud or he's this <laughs> or that. You know, I know somebody who, who told me something once and I'm like, that's not the guy that I know, right? As I'm sure you probably have heard the same, right? And so how, tell me a little bit about, how, does that even bother you? Does it phase you? How do you, I mean, because you want to be liked by everybody, right? How, how, how does it, how, how do you deal with stuff like that? Well, you, you can't please everybody. And you and you certainly can't, you know, have everybody like you. Um, you know, to me, it's it's funny. You know, the only thing that I can do is, is keep a good name. Yeah. And do the best I can. My grandfather told me a long time ago that, you know, in business, if you keep a good name, you'll you'll be successful no matter what you do. Um, and there might be some, but it doesn't bother me because if it, it bothers me, then I can't be the person I am for you. That's really why. Um, you know, I remember, I, I thought about this story just as we were talking. I remember we were in the suite of uh, the rodeo or Texans game. I can't remember which one it was. We were in our suite. And I remember I had said something to our VP about something that our competition did. And I remember him looking at me and saying, what do you want me to do about that? And I was actually trying to see if he was going to have a reaction to that. And he says, I don't really have anything to say about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking in my mind, Robert, why aren't you saying anything? You need to say something. You know, I mean, do you have an answer for this? He says something that I think is something that I used to say. I can't be concerned about what other people think or do. The only thing that I can do is control what I can do. And I'm like, wow, that was so groundbreaking and for me because you know a lot of people especially a lot of vendors these days newer ones are so concerned about what other people are doing when they need to run their race they need to run their race they need to do what they need to do to be successful instead they're looking at other people you know and so you know it could be a good example don't get me wrong but you know they're more worried about well that person did this and that person did that i don't really think about those things anymore man you know i think about what i think is best for me in my own abilities I have a good team around me that supports me. And at the same time, too, Robert, you know, I know what my limits are. You know, as a young vendor, you want to say yes to everything. Uh, I think that you know and I know that I'm okay with telling you no mm -hmm. because I know in the end it's not possibly going to be the right thing for us. Yeah, he says that. I've but, never you know. heard no come out of your mouth, but that's another story. 
Well, not yeah. to me, but I don't ask yeah. anything either. Yeah, yeah, you never do, you know. So I'm really thinking hard. I was like, I've ever said no, but Ooh. you know what I meant by that. I you got know, your I point. do, you know. I, and so, if people are out there that, you know, hey, I, I hope that one day we get to sit down and have a conversation. Uh, I hope that one day you'll get a chance to know me. And and um, but you know, I know that's that's out there. When you get higher and you you become more successful, and um, it's just something that you know you have to grow with. Um, I told. A guy that you work with, I think, Tilly. Matt Tilly. Tilly. And I've had the honor and pleasure of, of, of hanging out with this guy and, and seeing him We grow brought you up on our podcast. I don't know if you heard it. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I told him, I said, as you become more successful, that target on your back gets bigger. And you got to be able to go ahead and walk around still. You, ha- you can't fear that. You just got to know that people are going to see your success and want what you have. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to go ahead and be prepared for those things. So... Yeah, he, he was on the show, and he was very appreciative uh, to some of the feedback and advice, the mentorship you gave him, and he was he was uh, he acknowledged it. Uh, did he? Yeah, he did. Man, he now did. I gotta listen to this. He said you gave him a really good. I wish I invested. I wish he approached me as some seed money, man. That guy's doing crazy good. He's doing really good. But you know what? I think a successful person and a person that um, that sees other people succeed. That should be a fire for you to go out there and succeed. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Like, like there's no room for me to be ever jealous or envious of somebody else. I think that's amazing what they're doing. You know, like when I saw you and you, you have done such an amazing thing with, you know, your multifamily and, and with multi, excuse me, multifamily. It's just, that's really an encouraging thing that I think vendors and people like myself should go take his advice. Mm. I mean, if you don't, then you're kind of hurting yourself because obviously he's successful. Mm-hmm. He's done well. But a lot of us live in that state where it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to listen to anybody. I think I'm going to believe what I believe. Man, I, I put that stuff a long time ago to the side. And I love to listen to, you know, whether they're fee-managed, owner-managed. The one thing that you're doing, and I didn't think about that till just now, is that a lot of times there is a lot of um, confusion as far as like, well, how do we get to where – what Robert thinks. How do we think like Robert thinks? These videos that you've made are really a roadmap to like mm-hmm. what owners or investors and um, our people are looking at when, you know, you're getting a new deal. Like what is Robert looking for? Well, pretty much the same thing as any owner that's looking into a deal. And how do we become profitable? How do we take an asset that's maybe, you know, 50% occupied and, and about a year from now make it 100% occupied? What do we do? There's a process. You know, vendors are... You know, we want to sell our stuff, but I like to learn from people like you because then I understand when I, in the future, come back to you, it's like, hey, I remember you said this. How about this? I think it's a really good roadmap for what you're doing, not just for the ownership investment side, but for vendors, if they're paying attention, they'll see how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. They'll see how you're really, 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 really laying a roadmap for them to go out and approach other companies like yourself. You know, so I don't know if you ever realized that. But you give a lot of sound advice on these videos that I think we could all use when we approach other people. I really appreciate that. That yeah. means a lot coming from you. But I, I don't, really, I don't really see that anybody else. I you know what I mean? That. I don't see anybody else. I think else. you hit a really interesting point that I want to just take a quick second on. Because yeah. I think that you know when you hear about other people's success, how you interpret that can be seen mm-hmm. easily. And I, you know, we talk a lot about heart, surrounding yourself with heart. I think those, in my experience, maybe this is a generalization, uh, but in my experience... Man, the ones that are happy for you seem to be the ones with the biggest heart, too. 
Yeah. And, you know, they're the ones that aren't going to quit. They're the ones that are going to be supportive and be cheerier for you as you're climbing your own mountain. Because we're all climbing our own mountain, right? But others, you know, they hear it. And I, all they want to do is criticize or tear down your own, tear down your building <laughs> instead of working on your own building, right? Yeah. And you're like, why do you do that? Why, 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 why are you wired like that, right? Got and a lot it, of experts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so you know, I, I think I think uh, what you said is very true. I think um, um, just be happy, right? It just kind of shows where you are in your own life, and I think if you can just eliminate the noise. And just be happy. Yeah, life's gonna be a lot better. And follow your own roadmap. I mean, you talked about that, like you know, just just do what feels right and natural to you. And you know what? I'll see you at the finish line. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of funny. I think I think we're the same age. I'm obviously you know about handsomer and younger and you know whatever. You know, that, that was supposed to be a joke. Obviously, didn't laugh at that. But um, I'm agreeing. I didn't interrupt you. I agree. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that I think even at your position being 3,700 units and 21 sites been in this game now for well over 10 years you're still learning oh yeah right I, I think that what you did yesterday may have to be you know adjusted in the future uh, you know but we're all learning I, I've been doing this for quite some time and, and there's things that I learn every day I was like wow it's actually really smart. And you're actually making mistakes. And really, the growth comes from mistakes, not from winning. Yeah, you're time. right. You're right. What did you Edison know? say? I found several different ways how not to make a light bulb. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I mean, those are things that I think those are the greatest lessons I've, I've ever I've listened to. You know, I can tell you from a national account standpoint, just in talking to you and I and all that stuff, the greatest learning that I've ever had is when, you know, I failed. I, you know, I think about the ones that we've won and. Those are great, and the ones that we continue to renew, those are fantastic, and, and very grateful and humbled that we have that business. I learn a lot more from the things that I don't get, and I, and I, and I use that as motivation, saying, well, man, next time I'm not going to do that, you know. Um, but then there's some people, honestly, I, I kind of laugh at because they repeat, and they redo it, and they do the same mistakes, and it's like, I thought you learned the first time, my man, you know, so... But yeah, I, I think the greatest lessons I've ever learned is, is dead on what you just said. I learned it because it was not the right choice. Uh, didn't do it again. Mm -hmm. So, so let, me, let me ask you this then. So sure. what would you tell 22-year-old Izzy today? Let's, let's get everybody to know a little more about <laughs> now that I know him? Now that I know that, I would, tell, would, him tell, the, I would tell Izzy to shut up. Really? I would tell Izzy to shut up. What does that mean? Because... Uh, you know, you have an idea, you know, because you have, you know, you have an idea of what you think you can do. You think you can do it and you realize that that's not what people are looking for. As you get older, the, the term slow to speak and quick to listen becomes a lot more important. Of course, as you grow up, I mean, we all grow in this business. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're learning that quite honestly, you need to listen. I think that's the reason why all these podcasts are good is because you can you know be quiet for an hour and, and listen and understand how people are thinking you know um, I jumped a lot when I was young and, and for for those who don't know I mean you know I was an emotional person that would have a knee-jerk reaction to everything and something happened it was always a knee-jerk reaction to go ahead and say well, let's do this and now you know years later if it happens now I kind of look back and just say let's think this through before you do anything I just had, on the way up here, this is the funniest thing, uh, I don't know why, maybe this is perfect timing, but I had an email from an owner in California call me, 
and he wanted to talk about a deal over some washers and dryers over a property that's in Austin. And so the rep calls me and says, hey, do you want me to call him back? And I said, don't call him back. Don't just pick up the phone and call him. I said, our relationship is with the management company that put us in the deal. Talk to them first and see and ask for permission if you want me to call them. Just because they ask us to call them doesn't mean that you want you should call them. There's people also involved there that need to know what's going on. So I said, let me call the, the management company, find out if they want us to speak to them. And if they want us to speak to them, then we'll move forward and speak with them. But you don't want to have that conversation with the owner. And then the owner calls the company and says, hey, I spoke with your guy. And then the management company like, well, I had no clue. You just got to do things in the process, you know, and back then, you know, you get this opportunity. It's a knee jerk reaction. Now, you know, 42 years old, I kind of think it through. Like, how do we do this? There's a process in place. You are the perfect example of process coming from four properties now down to now up to 21. Believe me, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. 22 got in a contract yesterday. So really excited. 22? Oh, yeah. 22 is coming. Did you announce that yet? No. No. Well, you heard it here just, first on the Easy Garza and Rockstar Capital. This money is going to get wired tomorrow. That is amazing. Please tell me it's in Vegas. Oh, man. <laughs> I would like to get one in Florida. We can go to Miami, go hang out with Bud Grand Cardone down there and hang we out with We just opened up a branch in Miami. Well, there you go. I'm you pretty excited about It's not about Vegas. That. It's, South, it's South Houston. But, yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. You know, if I were to, uh, I want to stay on What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm I was going to ask you. Is like I told you that, but what about you? What would you do differently? You know, I've, I've had some time to think about that, and, and I think you know, I'm not going to say it, it's interesting because I think it's not the class of what you'd expect. I think I would tell my younger self, besides believing in yourself, believe yourself more because no one else can believe in you other than you. Uh, so stop listening to everybody else. But I think I would tell myself to look at the past for your success. What I meant by that is that take the very best of your mom. And your dad, and double down on that. You know, my mom. Uh, oh yeah, that's really. That's where my dad first. My dad was hmm. literally the smartest guy that I knew. He was the guy that worked for, for Waterburger. Yeah, man. You know, his his, his expression was, "I can't control what happens uh, outside the four walls of my business, but I can control what happens within the four walls of my business." Can I ask you a serious yeah. question? Yeah. I mean, before you go on with mm -hmm. your dad, this is pretty important to me. Yeah. But did you get a chance to? Eat a lot of Whataburger. <laughs> I ate too much Whataburger, huh? which is why I'm now a little heavy as an adult. <laughs> I love me some Whataburger. Yes, yeah. we. Uh, the competition was trash. Burger came. I didn't have my first McDonald's until college. Are you serious? No, because it was trash. My dad was putting it in my head like it was poison, like it was trash. And the only reason I had it at A and M was that uh, McDonald's uh, accepted what was called Aggie Bucks back in the day. Oh, and yeah. So like, yeah oh, like wow, a... I'm going to go use my <laughs> my parents' money to put into my what account. Was, uh, I got to ask, now that you opened up a box here, yeah. what was your first meal? Was that a quarter pounder? What was it? Oh, no, I'm sure I had a Whataburger, a kid's meal or something. In no, there. from McDonald's. Oh, it was a, it was a quarter pounder. What would you think? It wasn't bad. But it wasn't Whataburger. It wasn't bad. It was, not, it was better than what it tastes today. I've had one not too long ago, and it's like... I think the quality is going down. That's kind of like a guilty pleasure, a quarter pound. Yeah, but you know, it tastes good, and then you feel horrible for it. Exactly, yeah. So it's not a pleasure. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. But I love but, it. I, I love, but anyway, going back continue to my with parents, your dad. Yeah, parents, you know. that you take the best of them. And I think I've been able to learn that, that my dad was just, he was a quiet guy, smartest guy that I knew, but man, he understood people. I remember going to his eulogy, uh, you know, when he passed away. I would hear, and I, I knew him as my dad. Yeah. You know, I didn't know him 
the way everybody else did. And people would just stand up and they would go up there and tell their story on how he helped them and how he was such a father figure and a mentor. And I remember hearing phone calls of my dad. I'd be in the room watching TV, watch maybe the Cowboy game with him, and he'd be on the phone talking to somebody, you know. And and I remember just hearing all those little conversations. I guess they kind of stick with you a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. But I remember people come over to the house, and he would talk to them, and he would give them a lecture, uh, and they would leave a little emotional. But you did it out of love? Out of love. And they were the yeah. ones that are up there being emotional. How if it wasn't for him, I would still be on drugs. If it wow. wasn't for him, I would have gotten divorced. If it wasn't for him, my kids would have gone to college. I would have done this. I would have, And I was just listening to him, listening listening, listening wow. to all these people. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I think in over time in my life, it came out. His best features came out. Number two, I would, for my mom, I would, man, my mom is the most confident person that I know. It is ridiculous. And she doesn't have, like, my dad's intelligence. She doesn't have these natural gifts that my dad has. But, man, you would not know because she's, you know, she is just, she could have been a great marketer, right? She's just so confident. And so. Is that where your side? Well, you know, I think so, right? And and I think that's where it's come out of me later in life, right? Because, you Mm -hmm. know, I think you're, you're taught early on to color within the lines, you're not, not to cut her out. You're taught to be quiet. You're taught, you know, so it's kind of interesting that you said that, right? That you're taught to, like, you know, speak slow and whatever. But you know what? I have a young, my youngest, Ryan. One day I was at his school, and this lady comes up to me, and it was a friend of his mom. Uh, I don't remember his name. Was let's say Jacob? Jacob's mom. I think it was Jacob's mom. Jacob's mom came up to me and goes, "Oh, you're Ryan's dad." I go, "Yeah." My son says that your son's the fastest in school. Oh, wow. My son says your son is the strongest in school. My son says that your son is the smartest in school. And I'm like, he he's must be amazing, yeah. you know. And I look at that, and Ryan, whether it's true or not, Ryan believes it. Mm. And because he believes it, his confidence is at a certain level. He's he's a, he does not talk like a lot, lot like I talk a lot, lot, lot. He's he's quieter like my dad. But with my mom's confidence, like he knows he's got something and he's strong. He is fat. He's not number one. No one's ever number one. You know, there's always somebody bigger and better and better looking and stronger and smarter. But he believes that he is. It's a nugget right there. And so, you know what? I think he's taken the best of my parents that he's taken. My dad's. He's very intelligent um, and he's quieter, but he has my mom's confidence. But he's seen me now as an adult kind of blossom a little bit and i will not squash whatever little independence he has if he what you want let's go yeah my job though is to build champions and so i make sure that we go to soccer practice i make sure that we whatever commitment we make we don't quit and i make them very clear you learn to quit you're going to want to write the guy on the street because somewhere along the line that guy was told Mm -hmm. it was okay to quit somewhere somebody gave up on him or he gave up on himself i go i won't give up on you you don't give up on me and that's the big thing that I'm building. My, you know, uh, people have thought, "Oh, you're too hard." Like, no. I mean, the other day you saw my kids. We had my birthday party. Nat- Natalie's our, our our videographer, uh, the eye behind the lens, and everybody was there commenting how well behaved they were. And that's the second or third time you've had a chance to interact with them, right? And they're well behaved, but man, when they get on that field, they know what their job is. You they know? know their role. You know, they know and, what they got to do. They know what they got to do, and they're going to play rough. They're going to play tough. They're going to play on the edge of, mm-hmm. of being fair and not playing fair because that's how you play life. You know, you're winning. You got to learn to win today for tomorrow, you know. And so, but back to what I was saying that I got a long tangent is that I think you look back to your parents and you find mm-hmm. what they were best at 
and you try to emulate that. Because you know, so you're true. taking their whole life of experience yeah. and you're packaging it in one little bit and you can add it to yourself. That's so true. You know? Yeah. And yeah. for most parents, for most most people, I know not everybody's the same, but their parents were their role model for many, for many right? Uh, and, and mine, I was very fortunate, mine were. Mine were my role models. You know, I didn't know that until I grew up older how great my dad was. I didn't know. I took it for granted. You know, or my mom. I didn't know my mom. My mom was just my mom. But now as an adult, I can see, wow, that's where it comes from. You talk about your mom. I remember my mom. My mom <laughs> is, is super confident, but she's not shy. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know, it's because maybe, you know, I'm Filipino and, and you know, the Filipino is supposed to go and directly find an answer or something like that. But I remember the story. Oh, is that a characteristic? I No, no, no. Oh. Just, maybe it's just, I mean, she's always been that way. Okay. You okay. know, she's always been that way. And she's... I remember one time, this is a funny story. You know, when I was a kid, I remember, I was, uh, you remember the Houston Oilers when they were here? We had yeah. just watched a game. My, my mother took us to a football game, me, my brother and sister and her. And uh, we had, the game was the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Houston Oilers. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, she got four tickets to this game. And I had, uh, at the time I was really into uh, football cards and baseball cards. And, and at the time, Warren Moon... If you remember, he was the quarterback. Remember the run-and-shoot offense? Oh, yeah. Well, I remember after the game uh, in the Astrodome parking lot, uh, we were driving around. Huh? I got lost there once. How do you get lost in the parking lot? I I didn't know where I came out, and I couldn't find my car. That's fair. Yeah. Well, back then it was huge. But I remember uh, we were driving around, and my mom noticed this certain individual uh, talking to some people. And uh, we looked closer, and it was Warren Moon. It was Warren Moon. He was he was talking to like I think a, a couple or something like that. And and I remember my mom saying, "Oh, Izzy, you need to go talk to him. Go talk, go get his autograph. Go get his autograph. Go get his autograph." And I'm a kid. I, I'm probably no bigger than eight, nine years old. And there's like my role model there, and I just froze. I was oh, scared. Wow. I was scared because I didn't know what are you gonna say. You know what are you gonna say to Warren Moon? It was like, "Hey, nice game. You know, you threw that ball far." Great pass to Drew Givens. You know, I mean, what are you going to say? You know, remember him? Yeah. But I had that baseball card. And so my mom went up to him. And at first, she asked him for his autograph. She said, my son is a big fan. Can you sign this uh, football card? And um, not to say that it was bad on, on Warren's part, but he says, no, ma'am, I'm actually talking to people right now. And appreciate if I be given some space, you know, you know, I'm talking and my mom didn't say no. She says, no, my son came to watch you today. And I know you're talking to people. But the least you can do for somebody who looks up for to you, looks for, uh, up to you is at least sign this card and just tell them, you know, hello or hi or something like that. Well, sure enough, he signed the card. And I remember I asked my mom, because I was still so scared to talk to him, I said, what did Warren tell you? He goes, ma'am, you're probably the most persistent fan I've ever met. And it stuck with me. I don't remember anything else about that game. I don't remember the score. I don't remember what I ate. Uh, I remember I was wearing a white, you know, Warren Moon jersey. You know, the white with the blue number and all that stuff. But I remember her saying that Warren called her the most persistent fan he's ever met. Now, I know that he was doing that in kindness or something like that. But we talk about, you know, our family and all that stuff. I think that's the part of my mom that I cherish most. Is that persistence and that don't give up, you know, attitude or something like that. I mean, guys, you, you and I both know we go through scenarios and situations and all the time that Adversity. may not be 
what you like, but the diversity, excuse me, what'd you say? Adversity. Adversity. Yeah. Adversity. It's always that perseverance and fortitude to go forward, even though when it's not, it's not there for you. Yeah. You know, that I learned that from my mom. Uh, she's no longer with us, but man, that's probably the greatest trait that I could. So you look back to your parents. I look back to my parents. And then I look at my dad, who my dad is just this hard worker, mm-hmm. blue collar guy, you know, who's working, you know, from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. at night, goes home, eats dinner, uh, takes a shower, goes to bed, repeat next day. Those are things that I look back and I say, wow. I had the greatest map footprint ever. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really at the time because I was, you know, a dumb kid. You know, didn't really think of it that way. So, you're right. Your your parents. It was funny. I was thinking about your 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 father. I was like, he worked for Waterburger, mm-hmm. and I can't think. It's like that's not a glorious job at all. That's not a CEO or that's not this. But man, I think that's the greatest legacy that you can be on this earth is when somebody at your death speaks this amazing thing that's to me if you would have I would have never, you met, never met your father I would have considered that man the richest guy ever he, my dad was amazing uh, uh, and your, your 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 legacy is everything the legacy show but your funeral wow. was packed uh, and the stories were flowing and the tears were flowing and it, but it was, was a celebration it was a celebration it was yeah. they were, but it was very sad because you know they everybody he died a little early he's still in his early 60s and uh, it went pretty quick, and people didn't see it coming, so it was really hard for them to yeah. to, to, to take wow. it all in. Um, I hope I, I hope I hope when that happens, you know that that you guys have some good laughs at mine. You know, it's funny you say that right? because you know <laughs> Gary Vee. You know, I follow Gary Vee. He likes to say that you know your your life's measured by who shows up at your funeral. Yeah. Right. And and the impact that heavy. you have, the more impact that you have, the more people show up. Right. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. I think that so if you play like that, or like, wow, how many lives did you impact? Did you help when you had the chance to help? Did you turn the other way? Oh, did yeah. you, you know, and you know, Gary's interesting, right? Because that's the kind of guy that the times I visited with him is that he'll answer that question, and you watching his videos, he'll slow down. He seems so appreciative and so uh, humbled by that you would come up to him and ask him for an autograph, you know, and and, and take that selfie, and he'll stop and he'll do it. <laughs> He said something one time on a on a particular video that I saw, and that's it's kind of like I've taken that to me as living with just a a life of gratitude. Yeah. Like when you wake up in the morning, and I think that is the the difference between a good day and a bad day. You know, you you have some people that wake up and they're just like, oh, I got to do this again. I got to go to work. I got. I kind of cringe when I hear people say it's Monday again. Like, man, it's a new opportunity. You're living. You have a good life. You have a family. You know, you have a good job. You drive a nice car. I think you need to look at it and from a different perspective. He's here. really good at that. He's really yeah. Good but at- he said on this video, Robert, he says, he says every morning when I wake up, I'm grateful. Yeah. You know, we see a million things, and you know, we have these little you know sayings where somebody says something, but it sticks with you. I remember my grandfather saying something about keeping a good name, and. You know, you talk about Gary Vee and one of the videos, I've seen, he's, he's produced thousands of videos, but one thing that he told, you know, that he said on a video was living with a heart of gratitude. You know what? And that's really been something that's kind of revolutionized and changed the way I go every day in my day-to-day yeah. business. You know, I, I go out there and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I have, the relationships that I have, the, the people that I get to work with, both with MSH and Rockstar Capital and some of these other management companies that are located in Houston. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. And, and I realize that. But if you don't harness that with the thought 
of being grateful, you're always going to you're always going to struggle with that. I think if there's new vendors that I could ever speak into, it's like, hey, every day be grateful because mm -hmm. I think that's the heart of gratitude that changes people's perception of going out there and being successful. You want to become a millionaire? You want to do this? You want to do that? Live grateful. Having a, having gratitude in your heart definitely can impact your positivity Big or time. negativity of life. You know, Big time. And, and it Big does. Time. We all have our blessings. We all have our gifts. We all have experiences or we have something that's unique to us. And you need to recognize that that's special. You know, yeah. and Gary likes to dumb it down by saying, listen, you know, you, there are 300, 300 trillion to one odds of you being born, right? Something could have happened. Your parents' magic could not have happened that night. It could have been something else. It could have been off. <laughs> like, you know, something, you know. Uh, 300 trillion to one? That's what he says, 300 trillion to one. Can and, you fathom that number? Uh, it's been calculated. He, he's that somebody. How do they calculate that? I don't know. I, not a mathematician or a scientist to figure that out. Three hundred trillion, trillion to one. one. And then the other thing he said was for him, uh, he lives a life of no regret for sure. Like I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for myself because I'm not going to be in a retirement home at seventy year old, seventy plus years old, eighty years old, wondering why didn't I take that chance? Why didn't I go talk to that pretty girl? Why didn't I take that business opportunity? Why didn't I give that one advice to that friend? I won't do it. That's what he said. But he's simp the simplest thing he said was, as long as the six or seven people in my life are healthy, I'm good. Meaning his family and his parents and his and his, his, his mom, his dad, his, his siblings, his wife and his two children. He goes, as long as they're good, I'm good. And it's true. So Because when my dad died, it, it affected me. And it affected me probably still to this day for, for a bit, right? Because he doesn't, you know, the apartment rock star, all this that you see occurred after him. Yeah, you know, he got he was there for my last award win, the one I won, uh, uh, the one that I think you're on that committee, uh, the 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 uh, Houston owner of the year. He was the one who was they won too. He won that. He was there to watch those, um, but he didn't get to see the rest of it, right? And so that that affects me a little bit, right? That you know, because I played for him so hard, yeah, right. But um, yeah, I'm. There's so much. Just depth gratitude, there. man. Just have a there's heart so of much depth there. I mean, that we could that that's that's another podcast yeah. hour in itself but you know to look back and where you're going in the future that i have you know I, you just said something that's really interesting is that you said what five or six people around your life as long as you're good i'm good mm -hmm. you know and i got as i get older i look at my wife i look at my kids and and those are that's my core yeah i mean that's why i love going to work that's why i, I want to come home that's why i want to do these things because i want Whatever I do to bring honor to them, you know, and that's not something that you would typically hear or say or something like that, but I want to bring honor I to them. I, I want to go and do whatever I can to be, you know, the best husband and father I can to them. That being said, you know, when that's my core, anything outside of that, you know, respectfully is kind of secondary. Those things, that's where you can say it's not a priority to me. I think the other thing you asked me earlier you know, what would you tell 20 year old Izzy, you know, other than to shut up and listen is something that I would, you know, say now is like prioritize things that are truly important. Everything else is just, you know, stuff that you don't need to worry about. And you put your hand, you want to put your hand in pot and hand in the pot and everything. You want to do this. You want to do that. You want to do this. Man, that burned me out. Uh, that really burned me out. I would tell in a younger Izzy um, to Look at it from the 30,000 foot view and truly find out what's important. Focus on that. And then if you have time for those other things, then cool. You know, I don't know if everybody knows this. A fact about Izzy is that, you go. know, uh, my wife thought I was dumb at the time. 
And then think about it now, I think it's kind of funny, but I had this aspiration to become a DJ. A DJ? A DJ. Right. I, I had these turntables and mixers, and I spent thousands of did dollars with mi- Did you make mixtapes for girls? No. <laughs> One girl. You know? <laughs> there we go. One girl. We all um, did. We all did. Yeah, you know, I, I would call myself more the bedroom DJ. I had all that stuff, and I had tons of records, and I... I saw a bunch of CDs that I play. It was really before, you know, CDs were really the mark of a DJ. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. To me, a DJ now is just all you got to do is press play. Anybody can become a DJ. You can get your iPhone out and become a DJ. But back then, when it was kind of an art, when you had the turntables and all that stuff, you know, I thought, man. And I remember listening to this one guy. His name was Diffuse. He's actually a DJ out of Austin. And I listened to this one album, and I was just like, this guy's, this guy's the bomb, man. And I started listening to all these different records and all these different DJs. And I'm like, man, I'm going to do that, dude. I'm going to be a club dj at the time i had just gotten married and my wife is like yeah right you know you ain't gonna do squat oh sorry it's all right man so you know? it must be time to go no it was an alarm or something like that but um yeah fact fine fact about me yeah i want to become a dj and that didn't pan out very, very i think well. anybody that knows you believes this story it, i, I, dude, can, totally I can show see. you i could find the pictures and that would be my thing like on a wednesday night or a friday night in my apartment complex pissing off the neighbors because I was playing, you know, <laughs> like all that music and yeah, it, it didn't work out. So it took us nearly an hour where we got it. So you we, finally we found we out what I it. wanted to be at one time or something like that. Well, it was, it was, it was cool. You know, I had this idea I was going to be a jet setter, you know, going from club to club or something like that and playing. So one final thing to, before we end the podcast, yeah. what we share in common I think we share our economy <laughs> for uh, our, we share in common our affinity for certain sports and celebrity people. You and I love Tom Brady. Oh, I God. remember when when you know when he was down at halftime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah, down by thirty something like that. Twenty five. Twenty five. Okay, and everybody was calling it off. I'm like, nope, nope, because you don't sleep on a champion. No. He had his head down. He's looking. He's not like he's talking to himself. He's like, "Wake up! What is going on? The game's not over." And that's when you learn the heart of a champion, right there. Yeah. When he that comeback win. And I remember after that, I think I texted you. Mm-hmm. I think I texted you when that game was over because you and I uh, shared that that love for Tom Brady. I don't even like <laughs> the Patriots. I hate the Patriots to be honest. I'm a Cowboy fan, yeah. but I love me Tom Brady because I you got to respect him. You respect who yeah. he is. How he's won, the way he's won, the talent. It's not the talent. It's all heart. That guy's got more heart than any other quarterback out there. You know, somebody asked me this one time, and I I can't believe we're talking about Tom Brady. I know I'm going to get a lot now from, like, Mark and them or whatever. Hey, Mark, when you're ready to get on the show, come on, man. Yeah. Triple A plumbing. We we, we buy all our borders from those guys. Um, Somebody asked me that one time, Robert, and just to kind of end it with that is that I don't really care for Tom Brady because of the numbers. I think that is the manifestation of the work that you've done. Like, you see it, okay? Uh, I really don't look at that. I don't look about, you know, the fact that he's a millionaire, and I don't look at the fact that he's he does this or the endorsements. I look at the fact that it doesn't matter what scenario is given to him, whether it's new teammates, new season, you're down by three touchdowns. He stays positive. He stays driven. He stays driven when he's up 50, and he stays driven when he's down 50. And that's a, that's a hard trait to have because of the circumstances that life can present to you at times. Yeah. You know, can you be, can you play at a high level when 
all when the chips are down. But can you play with a high level when you're up? It's a funny story. I'll, I'll finish it like this. I, I remember in 2012, the Texans and were playing the Patriots in the playoff game. And I remember the Texans, who I'm a big fan of the Texans. You know, they were mounting a comeback in Foxborough. And I noticed that, you know, the score was only four. And there was something about the mood and the shift of the game changing towards the Patriots' direction. I mean, uh, the Texas direction. And Arian Foster gets the ball. He fumbles the ball around the 45-yard line, their own 45-yard line. And they were driving the ball. I mean, they were on the way to make take the lead. So Brady comes in, and I remember telling my wife this. I told my wife this. I swear to God, on the Bible. I said to my wife, I said, Tom is going to throw a touchdown right here. He gets there, calls the huddle, calls the play. Ball is hiked. Ball is thrown 40, year, 40 yards out. Shane Breen catches it on the two, three-yard line, walks in for a touchdown. Game over. Game over. And then my wife looked at me. She says, how did you know that? And I told her the same thing I'm going to tell you. is like people who want to win know when they have to rise up to another level. Like the mood is changing right now. I mean things are not in the direction that they want it to go. You know the Texans never played good after that. They just completely uh, fell it, apart. They, they, he cut it, it, it It's Yeah. In, in the, sometimes you have to be that way. You, know, you have to be able to go ahead and just – and I think it was at that point where I had just a lot of – we talk about celebrity sports here. I oh, like, I got man. one more I'm going to mention. Yeah, he's he's the man. He's it. I love the fact uh, Tom Brady is just a guy with limited talent, limited ability. He's not the most athletic person. No, he was a, I think I have uh, run faster than him. He was not a highly drafted pick. 199. Um, he was a lot. 198 guys thought, yeah. they, people thought they were better than. Um, but out of his heart, yeah. his work ethic, he just winners win. And they win, just found, win, he win. found a way to win. Uh, the last guy that we share in common, Ric Flair. Oh, man. Who, who doesn't? <laughs> who, I mean, the swag, the yeah, arrogance. Dude. And we all know it was kind of fake and all that, right, in, in the wrestling. But, man, wow. It's one of those things where you don't appreciate him until you become an older person, a more uh, mature person. You're right. And you're like, dang, Ric Flair was, like, crazy entertaining. Oh, he was you know, Everybody liked Hulk Hogan. I don't can't stand Hulk Hogan now, but Ric Flair, everybody wanted to hate Ric Flair it's like it's like Jr. Larry Hagman. You hated Jr. when you were a kid, but as you're an adult, you're like, dude, Jr. always had the. It was always one set ahead of everybody. Yeah, you know. And so Ric Flair, man. So if you don't mind, I want to I want to end with a Ric Flair who before oh, okay. we end it. Yeah, yeah. So before right. we go, I'm gonna say, hey, thank you very much for watching another episode of the Apartment Rockstar. It's been an amazing trip to have Izzy Garza here, who's been a big partner of our growth. We'll continue to be a big partner of our growth at 10,000 units. Izzy, thank you so much. It's oh, been my a man, pleasure. pleasure. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. But we're going to end with a big Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, okay, you weave me one more time. One more time. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! All right. Thank you very much Bye, for guys. watching. Apartment Rockstar. We'll catch you on the next episode.